Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. Luke chapter 5 verse 1 is an amazing story that's been going around around inside me for some time. And I want to talk to you today about how faith activates the supernatural realm. Faith activates the supernatural realm. How many people want to be in the supernatural realm? Because I've discovered myself, there's only so much I can do in the natural. And it very quickly peters out. But I want to know how to activate the supernatural realm in my life. And Luke 5 is all about activating this realm. There is a territory that God is calling us into that is so profound. And you may be you may see yourself in this story that you've, you've toiled and you've worked and you've been striving at life for a long time and haven't got a lot out of it. I won't ask you to put your hand up if that's you. But many of us feel like... I won't ask you to. <laughs> and I'll pretend I didn't see those hands. But we can feel that way. But, but God is saying to us that we're in a season where he wants to take us back to the same places... And where there was barrenness, he's going to bring fruitfulness. Did you hear that? He says, I can take you back to the very same places, the same situations in where you lost, and you can find profound multiplication and increase in your life. You may look back over the first half of your life, I don't know how old you are, and think, I haven't achieved a lot. Don't let that be the definition of your life. Did you hear that? It is not to define your life. Peter goes back into the same realm because it was actually a realm of his destiny and assignment. Out in this place is where he heard his assignment. Jesus said, no longer will you be fishers of fish, but you'll be fishers of men. They found their assignment. It wasn't that they were in the wrong place. The issue was they were in the right place, but they're on their own. And God's going to show you how to go back. Many of you have actually already uh, discerned your assignment. You've seen the call of God. You have touched the very heart of God inside you. And because there hasn't been fruitfulness, you thought you got it wrong. But the truth is you didn't get it wrong. God's going to teach you now how to do it with Him. Amen? So Luke chapter 5, verse 1. So it was as the multitudes pressed around Jesus to hear the word that he stood by the lake. If I had a Bible in front of me, I would underline that word, he stood. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and they were washing their nets. And Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked Simon to put out a little from the land and Jesus sat down. He stood amongst the crowd and now he's sitting in Peter's boat and he taught the multitudes from the boat. The first thing about activating the supernatural realm is this, that I need to understand that it's his super on my natural. I need his super on my natural. That's what brings the supernatural. Did you hear that? It's very simple, but it's very true. Supernatural only happens when his super comes on my natural. I need Jesus in my boat. This is more than just saying, Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord and Savior. That's the starting point. But this is a lifestyle where Jesus comes 
And he enters my boat and he takes control. Total control. Total control. Total control. Did you hear that? Total. Total. Not just standing on the shore speaking, but he actually comes inside my boat and takes over. He takes total control. I love this. Peter allowed Jesus to come into his boat. Jesus, Jesus has come because he's sensing that Peter has a profound need. Jesus said, I have come that you might have. I have come today that you might have. Whatever it is that you need, Jesus has come today to come into your boat. He has perceived, he, he looked and he saw that Peter was profoundly uh, sad and, and weary and, and had gone through so much stuff. And now he, it's almost like he'd given up. And Jesus noticed that. And amongst a large crowd, Jesus sees your need. It doesn't matter where you've come from today. Even in this size crowd, Jesus knows exactly what's going on in your life. He knows your need. And he says, I have come that you might have. I have come that you might have. He is El Shaddai. And we said last, last time I spoke, El Shaddai, the almighty God, one of the terms or meanings of that is the multi-breasted one. I know it sounds funny, but, but forget about a human. Think about an animal, this ability to have multiple breasts to feed multiple babies. It means that God can minister to multiple needs at a time, not just his need, but your need. And even in your life, not just one need, but multiple needs. Most of us need, need a changing and inspiration and encountering God on multiple levels. And Jesus says, you know what? I can do the whole lot in one go. I can feed you in multiple dimensions. I have come that you might have. And Jesus steps into Peter's boat. I don't know about you today, but I, I cry out, God, I need your super on my natural. I need your super on my natural. I am so natural. And if you see me without the super, you'll say you are natural. But his super on my natural makes me supernatural. And that's what the world is longing for. Not more natural people in natural giftings and natural wisdom, but they need supernatural people empowered by the Holy Ghost. That's what our world needs. You know what? I'm not a brain surgeon. I may not be able to minister at that level with that education, but I do know one thing, that those that know their God shall be strong and do mighty exploits. I do know how to let Jesus into my boat. I do know how to let his super get on my natural. In fact, every week I stand to preach, I, I tremble because I feel so natural. We talk about this sometimes. Some of the people who are training preaching, they say, do you ever get scared? Weekly. <laughs> but he's super on my natural. And I know the moment I step into what he's called me to do, he super comes on my natural. And no matter where you find yourself, you may feel out of your depth. Just invite Jesus into your boat today. He's super on my natural. He's super on my natural. So we say, Jesus, let your super come on my natural so I would be a supernatural man, a supernatural woman. Amen? But the thing is, many of us are wanting new results with old strategies. Peter could not go back out and fish again like he did before and expect different results. And we're in a time, and you don't need to... 
uh, be a, 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 a clever person to realize this, a time of great darkness, great need, great need across the planet. And we can't keep going out trying the same things and expecting different results. We can't change a city with the same methods, the same strategies, the same mindsets that we had before, the same limitations in our mind. We must believe that God himself, who possesses an ordinary man, can do supernatural things. And I have a sense in my heart that great faith is rising in this church. When I pray about you at home, I get the goosebumps, the Holy Ghost goosebumps, because I feel that God is doing something in this place, that he is transforming ordinary people like you and I into supernatural people that, that will be unrecognizable because they have allowed Jesus into their boat. New strategies for, the, for today, total new strategies. But the issue for Peter is, and you is what price will we pay for our freedom? Will we let Jesus into our boat? I know we all say, oh, yeah, Jesus, come into our boat. You see, for many years, I've operated, and maybe you've operated like this too, where Jesus doesn't completely come into the boat. We need the word, Jesus, the word to come into our boat. It's called surrender. And it takes a profound revelation to make this shift. There's a vast difference between being a Christian that comes to church with their Bible on their, on their knees, that sings a few songs and goes home and forgets about the word Jesus Christ, about relationship with the Father for the rest of the week. They come back. It's an old strategy. I'm convinced that we are in a day where this word, Jesus the living word, is going to get inside the boat. See, the boat is a picture. It's the shape of a boat is the picture of the human heart. And he's coming to live inside us in a whole new way. You will not be able to do this season and get fruitfulness until Jesus gets in the boat. We are going to come into a time of profound encounter with the living word. It will transform you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. This, I, I see a generation rising that are so full of the word of God inside their heart. They live it, they breathe it. Like I've said, you wake up in the morning and it's just flowing through you. That's what Paul said is we become a living epistle. We, Jesus said, my words will abide, you will abide in me and my words will abide in you. And then you'll ask what you will and it shall be done. That's called supernatural living. And, and we don't get it just from hearing a great message. That's, that's the starting point. But Jesus is saying, I want, you, I want to be able to come into your boat and take over your boat. I want ownership of your whole life. And most of our Christian life, there is a struggle in our life until we come to this place where we say, you own my heart. Every single part of it. Every moment of the day. Can you live like that? Absolutely. And we are, we are right on the, on the edge 
of a supernatural outpouring of God and Jesus saying, I want to get in your boat. I want to take control. I know you've struggled and tried and toiled and sweated. Remember I said one hour of meditation is equal to a hundred hours of toil. That's the whole thing about Mark 4 is you can strive and struggle and trying to make your marriage work, trying to get your kids to obey, trying to get ahead in, in, in your workplace. You can try, 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 try as a good Christian and yet miserably fail until you say, Jesus, take possession of this heart. Your word, let it live inside me. I eat it. I drink it. I, I am just consumed by it. He's super on my natural. He's super on my natural. So Peter has this invitation from Jesus to let him inside his boat. Let my super come and rest on your natural, Peter. And I love this because it says, in Luke 5, 3, that Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. In other words, he said, Peter, will you do me a favor? Can I use your boat? Peter could have said a whole lot of things. Use your own boat. He could have said, that'll be $5 an hour plus GST, thank you. He could have said, I'm tired. I've worked hard all night. I, I, I just don't have time for you, Jesus. But I love this about G Peter, that he understood to access the supernatural, you've got to sow to get supernatural flow. You've got to sow something to get supernatural flow. And I'm going to show you in a minute the rewards of a supernatural lifestyle. But I want you to understand this. It first comes as his super comes on my natural but that happens as I sow, as I invite him in. You've got to sow for the flow. Sow for the supernatural flow. Think about it this way. The first gift that God gave man in Genesis chapter 1, 28 was spiritual dominion. He said, I give you dominion over the land. The second gift he gave mankind was seed that bears after its own kind. Do you know what that tells us? It tells us that man has authority to determine his destiny by the seeds that he sows. Are you getting that? Man has authority to determine his destiny by the seeds he sows. In other words, the fact that Peter allowed Jesus into his boat, he sowed something that day, it determined the destiny of Peter. And Jesus is waiting to put his super on your natural. And all he's waiting for you is to sow something towards him today. Sow something. Sow something. It's our responsibility to sow. Peter had that choice to make. You've got to sow. You've got to sow. Galatians 6, 7 says, A man's harvest in life, this is a J.B. Phillips translation, A man's harvest in life is determined by entirely that which he sows. You've got to sow. All the things we're going to take, talk about the supernatural today, it all comes because somebody sowed a seed. He's desiring to put his super on my natural today, but I've got to sow something. I've got to sow a gift. I've got to sow words. I've got to get up in the morning <clears throat> and begin to sow into the spirit. I can't just get up and gripe and complain. I need to begin to sow words of life. And as I do that, his super comes on my natural. His super comes on my natural. See, a sower 
constantly sows. One plant does not make a farmer. You've got to sow, you've got to sow, you've got to sow. Like Jerry Seville says, some people say, I tried the word and it failed. And he says, no, the word tried you and you failed. You've got to keep sowing and sowing and sowing. And all of a sudden, it seems like his super comes on my natural. His super on my natural. So why don't you think about that today? He's wanting to come in your boat. He's wanting to do something different. You're tired of toiling and sweating and not getting ahead. He's saying, will you let me in your boat? I am supernatural. My super will come on your natural and I'll begin to change things that you could never change. But let me in. Let me in. Let me in. Begin to sow. Maybe some of you need to begin to sow praise, sow finance, sow favor, whatever it is. He wants you to break this mindset of self-pity, self-reliance, selfishness and say, begin to sow. You've toiled, you've got nothing, and you don't feel like sowing. You don't feel like giving out. But Peter was an amazing man. He saw opportunity that if I begin to sow, if I step out of my own pain and my tiredness and begin to sow to him, something begins to happen. His super comes on my natural. And I find three things that happened here. As we begin to do this, if I want his super to be on my natural, I begin to sow. And as I sow, three profound things happen to my life. And they're all in this story. Are you ready? Good, good. And this is what I felt the Lord saying. This particular first point is going to whack some people right between the eyes. I mean, God's got a word for you today. Supernatural strength is the first thing. As I begin to sow to him, what does it mean for the super to come on the natural? This is what it looks like. Number one, as I sow, as I invite him in, as I give him full control, this is what he has promised me. Number one, supernatural strength. Verse 4 says, when Jesus stopped speaking, he said to Simon, let down your nets, launch out into the deep. And Simon said, I have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will go and let down the net. You see, when Jesus gets into your boat, what steps in is supernatural strength and energy. And I felt my spirit as I began to prepare this week that the enemy had come against God's people and sapped them of strength to persist in what God had called them to do. They'd been out in in their assignment and they'd come up against opposition and they'd felt tired and weary. And I'm here by the Spirit of God to say to you, He's come to give you strength, supernatural strength inside. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is here today to supernaturally strengthen you. You may feel weak and weary, but I'm telling you, if you let him in today in a new way, he will come and strengthen you and you will go forward in his strength and in his ability. I tell you what, you are going to find profound strength in him. Profound strength. 
You'll be able to go through opposition and challenges. And you know what? You'll be fresh as a daisy because it's his super on my natural. I am a supernatural man. You can come against me, but there is a strength in me that is just undeniable. I shall not quit. I cannot quit because his strength is mine. Isaiah 40, 29 says, He gives power. That word is vigor, capacity, and strength. I don't feel like I've got any more capacity. Well, guess what? Let the strength of God come inside you. The, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And as I let him come in, I know many of you know this, but as you do that each day, as you let super come on your natural, as you worship him, as you begin to declare the word over your life, that you are the strength of my life, as you say that. Because listen to me, the word of God, all these words and promises are powerless, powerless until you speak them. There are promises here that I read just this week and I say, God, that isn't so. It doesn't happen. He says, because nobody claims them. Nobody claims them. I said, you've got a point there. See, salvation is for everyone, for those who claim them. For those who claim it. For those who claim it. For those who say, Lord, I am determined that this promise that you have given me, I stand on this and it shall be done in my life. I determine that that will be my reality. And when God finds a man like that, Wigglesworth says he will pass over a thousand men to find one man of faith. One man that says, I will not quit. I stand on this word. And when God finds a man like that, when the devil sees a man or woman like that, he trembles because he's found someone that he can't push. So the issue is not, is the word settled in heaven? The issue is it's settled in you. Has it been tried and tested? And you might have gone under, under some shakings and tremblings, but when you come out, you are standing on that word. And you say, though all hell come against me, I shall not be moved. I've built my life on the rock. I'm a dangerous man. This is a dangerous church because we actually believe that the word is true. Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, 8, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's good news, my friend. Woohoo! He gives power to the weak, the exhausted. And to those who have no might, ability, power, wealth, and force, he says, I will increase your strength. Anyone here with no might? God says, I'm going to increase your strength, your abundance, and your powerfulness. Don't you tell me I feel powerless. The Bible says that he has come to increase your strength. You pray in the Holy Ghost. You begin to quote the word of God. And I defy anyone not to come out more powerful. You lock that door and you begin to walk up and down your bedroom, praying in the Spirit, building up your most holy faith, keeping yourself in the love of God. You begin to quote Scripture and eventually something will give. You just can't quit. Well, I tried it for a day and it didn't work. Try it again. Try it again. Get it deep inside you. You are building a belief system for your life. You're not trying it. 
You're becoming something. You're growing a tree of righteousness inside you. And it takes time, but it shall grow. It may be the smallest seed in the garden. You can't see any change, but it'll grow to be the biggest tree in the garden. It shall change you. His word shall never return void. And if it does in your life, you'll blow up the kingdom. Because you'd be the first one that proved God false. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. It ain't going to happen, Lizzie. You'll come through. You'll come through. doesn't matter what the enemy assaults you with. Nothing can withstand the word of God. He says, even though young men will faint and get fatigued and they'll be weary, they'll get weary and that young men will fall. But those that wait, that ask Jesus to come into their boat, they shall renew, they will sprout again their strength. You may be weary today, but there's a fresh spout coming. It's growing, it's growing. Strength is coming to your life. You may be battle-weary and fatigued, but the Bible promises you, if you would just wait on the Lord, that word wait means to entwine yourself with Him. Say, Jesus, get inside me. Let your word get inside me. He says, if you will do that, you will renew your strength. You will become strong in the Lord. He those that mount, they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Psalm 105, 4 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. I pray that. Lord, I pray for your strength today. I seek you. You said, seek the Lord and your strength. Seek his face. I seek you, Lord. Let your strength be my strength. Listen to this. Psalm 103, 20 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength. Let me tell you what happens as you begin to pray for strength. The Bible says in Psalm 103 that the angels of the Lord, they excel in strength, heeding the voice of the Lord. When you speak out the word, they come with the strength of the Lord. This is what is happening in the spirit realm. I have felt it. The Bible says that Jesus, when he wrestled against the devil and he came against wild beasts and animals, demons and the devil, he wrestled. And when he had finished, the angels came and they ministered to him. They strengthened him. Elijah, he wrestled against that, that hairy woman, Jezebel. And it was a terrible battle, Jezebel and Ahab. And he came out discouraged and he sat under a broom tree. That's a good place to sit because the tree in the Bible talks about the gathering place of angelic hosts. And he sat there not realizing that there were angels all around him. And an angel came and said, you've got more to fight. Here, have some KFC, Holy Ghost KFC, kingdom food chicken and, and he ate of that and, she, and the angel said that's not enough you need seconds you have fries with that and so he ate again and he said to the to Elijah you will go on the strength of this food for 40 days 40 is the number of of trials that lead you into your divine assignment the empowerment for assignment. So as we eat of the Lord, angels come and they strengthen us. And he ran on that strength for 40 days and 40 nights. It's called supernatural strength. Are you getting this? And as you feast on him, as you worship and declare the word, I, can't, I don't know exactly how it happens, but angels come as they did to Jesus and Elijah and they spiritually strengthen you and you walk out of that room and you know that something has shifted. Has anyone else felt that? 
supernatural strength. I'm talking about strength that defies the odd. When everyone's running east, you're walking west. When everyone's given up, you keep pressing forward. That's what God is raising in this hour. Men and women of tenacious strength. This is not just, just emotion. This is, this is a scripture. This is what God does in us. This is real. This is life. This is when we're butting our head up against a wall, hitting the enemy because we're going into territory. This whole story is about an assignment that God has for Peter. God has an assignment for your life, an assignment for this church. We as a church, we have butted up against principalities and powers who don't want us to take our territory. They don't want us in this city. They don't want the message of the gospel being preached here. So we come up against resistance. But guess what? We've got supernatural strength. We can outlast the devil because we've eaten on something that he knows not of. And it will cause us to run for 40 days and 40 nights. And the devil has to stop and fill up. Because there's nothing full about him. He's empty. We can outlast him. We can outrun him. Supernatural strength. Point one. Right, Luke 4, Luke 5, 4. Supernatural strength, supernatural sight. As he gets in my boat, I get supernatural strength, supernatural sight. This is what God told me this week and last week. Luke 5, 4 tells us that when Jesus stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said, Lord, we've worked all night and we've caught nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. We are those that walk by faith and not by... We walk by... And not by... We walk by... And not by... Again, we walk by... And not by... One more time. We walk by faith and not by sight. Absolutely. We walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. The just will live by faith. We walk by faith. That means that we are going to have to get used to living in a realm that few live in at the moment. We'll have to live in a realm that is often saying the opposite of what circumstances are saying. We have to learn to live in a realm where we have to Zone out from what the world is saying and tuning to what God is saying. I've discovered already the world has no idea what they're talking about. They change their mind every day. They're confused. They have no idea. And Isaiah constantly says, the thing that makes God God is that he knows the end from the beginning. He speaks and then it happens. The dumb idols have no idea what's taking place. But God is separated on this level, on many levels, but this level, he alone knows what holds, what is in the future. He holds the future in his hand. We walk by faith. If we're going to help this world, we have to operate in the faith realm, in the realm where we walk by faith and not by human sight. We see what others don't see. We see what others don't see. We see what others don't see. Supernatural people see what others don't see. Did you hear that? Supernatural people see what others don't see. It's too easy to see what everyone else sees. Ah, never change. You'll always be the same. No, I see what others don't see. I take great delight in looking at people and seeing what others don't see. 
God said to me two weeks ago, you need to learn the art of correctly measuring circumstances. I learned these things through trial and error. But Andrew, you need to learn the art of correctly measuring circumstances. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Supernatural sight when Jesus gets in the boat. You have to have that because you'd never go back out in the ocean again. There's no fish there. What are you doing going back out there in the wrong time when there's no fish? You already know there's no fish there. It's madness. Why would you go back? Supernatural sight. I see what others don't see. There was always fish there. Did you hear that? There was always fish there for those who had eyes to see. The fish didn't come when Peter went out the second time. They were always there. The art of correctly measuring circumstances. Don't miss this. Noah's Ark, I wrote about this in my first book, had no windows on the side of the boat. Why were there no windows on the side of the boat? Because we were not created to measure our circumstances every day according to the sight. When you look out the window and you see the rain and the floods, we take temperature of what's taking place in our circumstances and say, therefore, that is what God is doing. I was one, and I have been one at times, who would get out my my dipstick or my thermometer, and I'm measuring the circumstances of the daily events and concluding that God is not doing what he said he would do. Have you been like that? Daily measuring circumstances. There are no windows on the side of the ark because God does not want you viewing your circumstances ever through natural sight. The water could only be interpreted through the top window. <laughs> we have another way. We have a periscope. The water can only be interpreted through the eye of the Spirit. You are not to look at your circumstances ever again through natural ability. You are to look through the eye of the Spirit. So, Mo- so Noah released the dove out through the top window. And the dove was the only one, the Holy Spirit is the only one authorized in this world and the world above that has the authority to measure the circumstance. Did you hear that? You are not permitted to measure circumstances through your eyes. Only the Holy Spirit has the authority. He goes out as a dove and he goes out and he searches around until he sees signs of breakthrough. He measures not your history, but he measures according to your destiny. He's not measuring and feeding on the flesh. See, there was dead bodies all around, no doubt. Hundreds, thousands of dead bodies. So when they release the, the raven, it feeds on the flesh. That's the natural. But the dove's looking for signs of breakthrough. And it comes back with a leaf in its mouth. It's called a prophetic word. And he comes back, the Holy Spirit, it says, I have measured the circumstance and now's your time to move. See, we look through the window and we make false moves because God's not ready to move or God's not doing this. And so we, we react rather than waiting on the Lord for the time to move. So we are not to measure circumstances based on natural sight. 
So we have to get to a point where we turn off. I'm not saying you don't listen to the news or you zone out from the world. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you, if you listen to the world and are constantly moved, turn it off until you're not moved by it. That's why he shut the ark. I'm going to shut you up until you're ready to listen to the Spirit. Maybe some of us are hemmed in on the left and the right and we can't seem to make any progress because God's saying, bolt up the sides, stop looking at the natural. I've locked you in until you are ready to read according to the Spirit and not the flesh. We walk by faith and not by sight. See, the moment you do that, the enemy is finished. If he can't manipulate you, that's why Jesus slept in the boat with his head on the pillow. He refused to open his eyes to the natural realm. And Satan can't touch him. If circumstances can't move you, you will be undefeated. Jesus is attracted to people with eyes of faith. There's something about people that choose to walk by faith and look for the realm of the Spirit that attracts Jesus to them. And there's another story, and I'll just quickly tell you, where Jesus was walking on the water, again, on the lake. And all the disciples freaked out because they thought it was a ghost. But one man had eyes to see. And when you have eyes to see Jesus, he will come into your life. He will come into your boat. Things begin to move. If you refuse to look at circumstances and say, I will only be moved by you. See, so many Christians are making business decisions, investments, uh, relationship decisions based on natural perspectives and not God. And I came with a warning from God today to tell you that there will be many, many believers that will be crushed and hurt because they look according to the natural and not according to the spirit. They are making decisions based on worldly opinions and not the dove released from Noah. And God wants to position the church to a place of influence and authority. And it can only happen when we would say, I will wait till you speak. You alone know the end from the beginning. Jesus would have passed them all by. Opportunities passing us by. Assignments passing us by because we're not looking with eyes of faith. And isn't it interesting, the moment Jesus gets into their boat, it's on the other side immediately. That tells me, and I said to Walter, that Jesus has a distaste for unbelief. He got into the boat with 11 disciples that were filled with unbelief and immediately it's on the other side. He's saying, I'm not hanging out with people that don't have eyes to see. There will be whole dimensions that you will miss out on if you don't see what I see. It's a scary place, the place of faith. Trust me. Many could tell you here it's a scary place. It's called, you know, I've said this before, it's called getting out on a limb. And limbs bow as you walk across them. They don't go up, do they? If you're heavy, as you walk across, they begin to go down. Oh! But the fruit's on the end of the limb. And he's glorified when we bear much fruit. So it tells me that he's only glorified if I am living by faith. If I'm refuse, refusing to be moved by circumstances and I look to him. Spiritual sight. Spiritual sight. What do you see when you look at this church, when you look at the city? Do you measure it according to man's opinion or are you getting God's perspective? Spiritual sight. So never ever pick the less. Spiritual sight. 
Peter says, Lord, we've been toiling all night. We've been out there before. We know there's no fish in the natural, but nevertheless. Remember we said two weeks ago that nevertheless means there's a less and there's a more. There's a less and there's truth. There's what the world sees and what God sees. And he says, never again will we pick the less. We will pick what you see. We will walk by faith and not by sight. And God's saying to his church, will you say with me, never again the less. We will walk by faith. We will walk by faith. We will walk by faith. And Peter went out. Point three. Supernatural. First one, supernatural. Strength. Say it with me. Supernatural. Supernatural sight. And there he promises us supernatural success. Supernatural. Right, the first point, supernatural. Second point, supernatural. Third point, supernatural success. These are all the things that happen when Jesus gets in your boat. When you say, Lord, I sow to you. I will sow to you. You come in my life. I will sow to the Spirit. I will walk by faith. I will begin to pray in the Spirit. I will begin to prophesy. I will begin to declare your word. Even when I don't feel like it, as I begin to sow into you, these are the things that begin to happen in your life. I know the devil's saying to some people now, you've tried that, that didn't work. He's a liar. Look at me. Don't get distracted. He's a liar. If he's saying that, let me tell you something about the devil. Whenever he speaks to you, reverse it, and that's the truth. It's really quite educational. You're hopeless. Oh, good. That must mean I'm really powerful. You've tried that. didn't work before. Oh, good. That means it must be working. You'll never make it. Oh, it means I'm going to make it. Oh, keep coming. Keep coming. Keep telling me who I am again. Because I know that you are the father of lies and you speak out of your own resources. So whatever you say, I reverse it because you're darkness and I'm in the light. So keep telling me about how hopeless I am and I'll believe how great I am. It's really great, isn't it? He never comes to you and say, you're amazing, Andrew. Oh, I must be really bad. He never does that. When will we wake up to him? Does anyone else ever think that? He's a loser. He is. In Jesus' name, he's a loser. Well, you can't say that about the devil. Well, yes, I can. He's a loser. Jesus said that too. He's a loser. He says, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly, but the devil, he's a loser. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Supernatural success. Luke 5, 6. And when they had done this, they caught a couple of salmon and a few sardines. A great number of fish. This is my dream. And their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both the boats. Verse 9 for they were astonished, these are fishermen, at the catch of fish which they had now taken. And so also with James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon, they all were amazed at what had taken place. Supernatural success. Let it get down inside you. Uh, but I've toiled all night and caught nothing. I've worked hard all my life and seen very little fruit. I've only got $3.50 in my bank account. 
Oh, I've got aches and pains and ailments. Supernatural success. Night and day. Toil all night, catch nothing. Steps over. So much fish that they can't believe it. Ephesians 3 tells us, Now unto him is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or imagine. See, when Jesus truly gets inside your boat, something begins to shift inside. All the religious garbage goes out. All the limitation and, you know, you can't believe for too much. The Paul you have with you always. All the lies that the devil twists. And all of a sudden you begin to see how Jesus sees. Supernatural success. Supernatural success. Jesus said, from now on you'll catch men. So when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. As I read this passage, I think about great success in our assignment. They were stepping into an assignment that would shift and shake and change the world. And even us today are part of that catch. You see, there is the good, the pleasing, and the perfect will of God. Many people seem to get to heaven and they are satisfied with the good. Were they being good Christians? And they are. They're nice people. I'm not being facetious. They are nice people. And they're going to heaven. They love Jesus. They read the word. They put their offering in the bucket. They don't tell any bad jokes. And, and they're good Christians. They're good. But then there's 30, 60, 100 fold. See, Peter could have stayed on the shore, washed his nets, and still been a follower of Jesus. He could have. Because there was a crowd there that listened to Jesus, wasn't there? Yep. Could have just said, yeah, no, forget the boat thing. But I'm going to get in the crowd, preach to me Jesus. Oh, oh. But he didn't. Good, pleasing, and perfect. He was in the bullseye of God's assignment. Here's the thought. Loneliness is not the absence of people in your life, but the absence of purpose. And if you find your purpose you'll find your people. And many of us are feeling like that we don't fit and that we don't have something not quite right in our life. It's all tied in with the assignment. When Peter got out in the assignment, he had the partners there. Everything was ready. There is a bullseye that God has for your life that he's desperate to get you to. Supernatural success. And I prophesy over all of you today that there is a bullseye for your life, my friend. And when Jesus gets in your boat and you surrender your life to him, you will find that bullseye. I refuse to allow people in this church to just have the good will of God. We are going after the perfect will of God. We want to be in our bullseye. We want to know that when we get to heaven and look Jesus in the eyeball, he will say, Andrew, you are amazing. That's called the pleasing, perfect will of God. You were in the bullseye. Oh, you're amazing. You got it. Yes, I did, Lord. Thank you. And not just that. The whole church that you're a part of, they all got the bullseye. Your city was in the bullseye. Supernatural success. It's all here. And one decision of letting Jesus into my boat Shifted emptiness and toil and a not successful life, a not successful church, 
A city is not reached over to an abundant river of success. Supernatural success. God said to me, the set time of favor has come. Psalm 102.13 says, You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her has come. We are in, I have no doubt, we are in the more than generation, the favor time of God. Ephesians 2, 7 and 8, I haven't time to read it. But God says through Paul that there is ages to come when I will show my favor in such a profound way. It is a unique time in history. And it's not just me saying it. All over the world, God has raised up men and women, apostles, prophets, who would speak the word of the Lord, and they are all saying the same thing. We are now at the set time of the favor of the Lord. There is something happening, not just amongst what we would call church leaders, but right through the body of Christ. We are all rising up to our set time of favor. There's something happening in the body where they rise up and think, there's something different about this hour. Haggai 2.6 tells us that the glory of the latter will be greater than the former. God's saying, you, you thought... See, we've had this mentality that, that the kingdom goes backwards. We think that the New Testament church was a high watermark. God said, when I called Abraham, he was but one. And I blessed him and made him many. That's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he starts with 120 people in the upper room. And the wind of the Spirit comes and he blesses them. And from then on, it all goes downhill. It's not the pattern of God. Everything God does starts as a seed. Mark 4, the seed is smaller than... Mustard seed, smaller than any other seed in the natural. It's planted. It's insignificant. God delights. El Shaddai is, he nourishes something so tiny and insignificant and it grows up to be this large tree. Are you getting this? Favor is exponential in the kingdom. So we read the New Testament, listen carefully, and we read about poverty and trials and the church persecuted. Yes, we see miracles, but there's a lot of persecution and, 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 and the government's coming against them. And we read that and we deduct in our mind that is the pattern for the rest of the church forever. And I suggest to you, in the mind of God, if you begins with Adam, who is but one, and he breathes on him and makes him a multitude. So when he dies, it says Abraham was old of age and the Lord had blessed him in every area of his life. If that be the pattern of God, how can the kingdom of God in the New Testament church go downhill? What sort of church did Jesus die on the cross for? What church would bring him honor for the horrendous sacrifice that Isaiah talks about that Jesus went through on the cross? What would we be willing to, to lay a hold of in faith? Well, Jesus, just get us through the tribulation with one bung arm and a crook leg. And you know what? Just having enough money to pay our bills and keep the lights on. That does not glorify Jesus for the sacrifice on the cross. No, 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 no. 
He's coming back for a church triumphant. Thanks be to God who always causes the church to triumph. So at the, at the New Testament church day, he breathed on 120 people who were so suppressed, so intimidated by all the suppression around them. And all of a sudden, God begins to breathe on the church until we come to our finest hour, which is today. Psalm 114, sorry, 115, verse 14, I think it is, says, May the Lord increase you more and more, you, you, and your children. That's future. May the Lord increase you more and more, you and your children. We are the children of that which was sown in the upper room. May you be the blessed of the Lord. I'm here to tell you that as we allow Jesus Christ, the supernatural Son of God, into our boat, as we give him absolute control of our mind, of our life, it's not just Jesus on a Sunday, but possess me, Jesus, my thinking. As we do that, we will see increase after increase after increase after increase until we are astonished at the catch that God has for us. Supernatural strength, supernatural sight, supernatural success. That's what's on the heart of God for our church right now. And I don't know if you pick it up in the spirit, I'm sure you do, but something is happening in this place. There is supernatural strength, supernatural sight, supernatural success. I feel it in my spiritual waterworks. I feel it as I pray that God is doing something, not just in this church, but in this city. I know there's so much stuff going on in the natural, but we don't have windows on the side of our ark. It's on the top of our ark. And we are picking up something that is greater than all the junk of this world. We are picking up God's mind for this hour. And there's a dove that's just floated inside my ark, coming with a word from the Lord, something in his beak. And he's saying to me, success, success, success is at hand. And so I stand there in my bedroom and say, thank you, Jesus. I receive it. It's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. Jesus is in our boat today. He's in your boat. He's in your boat. And he's just... Hanging out to bring some orders to the boat. Come on, let's go. Let's go and possess the land. As you go this week into your workplaces, the schools, everywhere you go, those listening on podcasts and on video, wherever you find yourself in the world, there's supernatural strength this week, supernatural sight, supernatural success. Go believing that Jesus is in my boat. And you'll go back to places where you were disappointed, where you failed before, and you will find great success. It's the same place, but a different man. It's yours. It's yours. This story, this story is not just some historical story. I'm in this story. This was written for me. See, when I read the Gospels, every story is Jesus and me. Jesus is saying, Andrew, you're Peter. This is about you. I wrote this for you. It's just 2,000 years a bit early, but this is you. You're the man in the boat. And you tried in the past and failed miserably. Yes, Lord, that's me. That's true. But guess what? I'm in the boat. You found how to get out from the crowd 
and you've got me in your boat in a dimension that you've never had before and we're about to go out and conquer the city together. Amen. Amen. And you're the same. You're the same, my friend. Supernatural strength today, supernatural sight, supernatural success. And it all comes about when the super one gets on my natural. When I totally give him control. How do I do that, Andrew? In degrees. Each day. Each day I'm, I'm beginning to understand what it means to live a surrendered life. Jesus coming to my boat. Each day praying, Lord, I don't want to just look at the circumstances. I want you in my boat. You show me how to live. You show me what to do. You, every decision, let it be through your lens. I need your power today. Flow through me, Holy Ghost. And if we would start the day, continue the day, finish the day with that mindset, you will be unbeatable. Amen. Father, we thank you today for the power of your word. And the first thing we want to do today, Lord, is invite you into our boat. And if you're listening today, watching the video, listening, we know that people make decisions to follow Jesus through the podcast and the videos. And if you can hear my voice wherever you are today and you've never invited Jesus into your life, he's not the Lord of your life, you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin, you can do that today. So we're praying for you. Everyone that hears my voice, the Bible says that today is the day of your salvation. And if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I mean surrendered your heart to him. Why don't you just lift up your hand? Or if you're watching this, you can pray with me in a minute. But if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life and you would like to do that, I mean you have a personal relationship with Jesus. You've asked him to be your Lord. If you've never done that, quickly raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Is there anyone that's never done that? Is there anyone here today? So Father, we pray for those that may be listening and they're making this decision today. Lord, we ask for every... You said that everyone that calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So we ask, Lord Jesus... For those that are reaching out to you today, we ask that you would cleanse them of their sin. We confess our need of you, Jesus, and we ask you to be Lord of our life. And we thank you that those that call on you shall be saved. Jesus, transform them. Fill them with your life and your power this day. And for everyone else that's sitting here today, I want to challenge you today to allow Jesus into your boat. If you're tired of toiling and not getting ahead, he's saying, guess what? I've got good news for you. I can put my super on your natural. I can give you supernatural strength, supernatural sight, supernatural success in a dimension that you've never known before. Just let me in your boat. New seasons need new methods. And today we ask you, Lord, to possess us to take control of our life. And we receive today your strength, your strength, your strength. Hallelujah. Just lift up your hands, particularly if you need supernatural strength today. Hallelujah. Let there be a divine impartation of strength today. As I reach out my hands to you, 
I pray that there would come angelic messengers that would minister supernatural strength to you. Receive it now. He's here. I know that when I pray this prayer, he's here. Father, release supernatural strength. I speak to the weariness that has come, even demonic structures and, and personalities that have come to weaken and, and tear apart and bring fatigue to the body of Christ. I break your power and I release supernatural strength. You will feed on that strength and it will last you 40 days and 40 nights. Be filled with strength today. Holy Ghost, minister strength. Be filled with strength. Be filled with strength. Come on, just draw it in. It's like when you put a, a petrol bowser into a car. You draw it in. Draw it in. Father, fill them with great strength today. In Jesus' name. So the Lord would say, do not limit what I can do. For he said of the children of Israel that they constantly limited the Holy One of Israel. And God was constantly frustrated by their unbelief. The gospel was preached to them, but they did not mix it with faith. And he searched and his eyes searched to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for those whose hearts are filled with faith. And he would say, do not limit me, for my glory shall be seen. This is my finest hour. And the intensity of the struggle, the intensity of the battle is a sign to his people that breakthrough is at hand. He's heard the cries, he's seen the tears that have been sown. And we say, why so long, Lord? Why, why, why? And he would say to us that not one tear that is shed, not one thought that has been expressed towards him has ever gone in vain, but they are collected in his bowl and they are stirred and the wrath of the Lord shall be poured out against the enemy and his plans. And he would remind you today that no one sows in tears who does not reap a reward. For joy shall come in the morning. And I sense the Holy Spirit saying, Arise in faith today. Not one tear is in vain. And he is collected. I see these tears like seeds. And I feel the Spirit of God here saying that every tear sown is a seed for the harvest that is coming. Every seed that is been sown is a seed of harvest. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the harvest of our city and this nation. So be encouraged, church. Press in. Keep believing. Keep searching. Keep looking. For our finest hour is at hand. Be encouraged. The Lord would encourage his people do not faint in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap a harvest. And we give you the glory, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said amen. amen. Let's give him a hand this morning. You're worthy, Lord.